Friday. So excited to be here as your host on Lift Your Spirits Radio, which comes to you every Friday. And you're listening to my amazing son, Dean Foster, who's attending Berkeley College of Music. And he's going to have a new website up soon. It'll be deanfoster.com. He's been in there what, a month now? Uh, back at school, yes, yeah. for a month. Yeah, he's a sophomore this doing year. Doing okay now? Yeah, oh, yeah, he's doing all... really well. Nice. He's actually going to be going on tour and... Um, He's got. Uh, he's working in a studio, so That's he's so keeping awesome. really busy. Yeah. I was always amazed, like, on how fast kids move these days. Like for me, I couldn't even imagine being on tour in a sophomore, <laughs> like, or doing the things he did when I was. I was like still plugging away at the books. I mean, like, yeah, yeah, lucky. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was very lucky cool. to uh, to get moved into that. He's already on a couple records too, which is kind of exciting. again. <laughs> I got nothing to say. <laughs> That's really cool. Proud so, of him. So yeah, hopefully we'll have him back here on sure on the program. That would be great. So my name is Casardeline, and after coming my own health challenges when I was younger, I dedicated my life to educate others to valuable health options for everybody so that you can help um, your, your, your life with uh, knowing what your choices are. My background's in herbology and naturopathy and psychology, energy work and meditation, and you can learn all about what I do at truehealth.com. That's T-R-U-Health.com. So thanks for joining me today. Today we are fortunate to have a friend of mine, Kimberly Bowen, also known as Sifu Kim. And she's here to talk to us about how powerful martial arts are for people of all ages. That's right. Right. So tell the listeners about yourself, Kimberly. Sure. Thanks, Kasara. So um, I live in Seattle where I teach uh, White Dragon Kung Fu, Seattle Kung Fu. And we... uh, are all ages working together from seven to my oldest student currently is 77. That's awesome. Yeah. Awesome. So, and then I also uh, teach meditation through training and power. Oh, great. Great. So how did you get into martial arts? Well, I did um, a year of uh, Taekwondo in college because I had a boyfriend who did Taekwondo and I thought that was really cool. And uh, and it was really fun. And Taekwondo is very uh, fighting oriented. It's kind of a fighting sport. And then after I left college, I did no martial arts until, oh, I did, you know, yoga, dance, aerobics, whatever. And then when I was 44, I had a um, son who'd been doing kung fu for a couple years. And I would sit there and wait to pick him up and go, God, that looks fun. Ooh, I'd really love to do that. And then finally, I just uh, was like, okay, I can't stand sitting here anymore. So I took <laughs> it up. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. So what was it like <clears throat> for you starting to do all that? Um, well, I picked it up really fast and, uh, you know, I was pretty fit. I actually, when I decided I'm going to do Kung Fu, it's like, okay, I got to get in better shape. So I started running and when I started running, okay, so I'm 44, I started running and I had bad knees. So I'm like, I don't know, can I run? And so I was like, okay, I'm going to run around the block. And I kept doing it for, you know, twice a week for a month until I could go all the way around the block without stopping to catch my breath. Uh I'm like, okay, now I can run for five minutes. Let's see if I can do 10. And that's what I did. So I kept going until I could run for 20 whole minutes. And then I was doing sit-ups and push-ups because I knew they did that in class. I'm like, okay, I got to do 20 push-ups and 50 sit-ups, and then I'll be ready to do kung fu. So, (laughs) yeah. 
That's great. Yeah, I remember when I took karate, they, we had to do all the sit-ups and all the push-ups, and there was no mat. I mean, it was on the hard floor, and that's what you did. And I remember being in the best physical shape of my life when I was doing karate. Oh, yeah. Well, when I did Taekwondo in uh, college at Evergreen, it was actually in the steam plant was where in the they made that into a gym. And if you didn't say, sir, yes, sir, every time he gave a command, you had to do 20 <gasps> knuckle push-ups oh, on the cement gosh. floor. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I don't think I could handle that. <laughs> it's a little intense. What do you think, Benny? <laughs> For sure. Yeah. No, it's yeah. the kind of thing you do in your 20s, but at this age, you'd be like, yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> no, thanks. So now tell us about some of the students you have. So you said you have somebody that's 77. Yep. Yeah, she's... Uh, She's been doing Kung Fu for about three years, and she also takes my Qigong class. And uh, this is someone who had uh, never really exercised her whole life until she had a hip replacement. Uh She has a hip replacement and a fused ankle. And, uh, yeah, and so she started exercising with a trainer. And then, I don't know, she saw a sign for Kung Fu for my class or something and asked if she could take it. And I said, sure. And I'm really um, excited to work with people with limitations because yeah. it's a challenge for me, like a puzzle, like, ooh, okay, well, how do we make this work for them? So, um, and then she brought her husband in. He was um, in his 80s. Oh, wow. Yeah, and they'd already been getting in shape so they could do push-ups, you know, and um, stuff like that. And they just loved being with the kids. She was uh-huh. a pediatrician. Oh. So for her, it's just a thrill <clears throat> to be in there working with the kids. And then the kids are inspired by them. Oh, of course, yes. So, um, yeah, last week, I think it was, we were doing splits. And I have all these kids there from seven through teens. And I said, you guys... Sue has the best splits in class, and if I was you, I'd be a little embarrassed. And uh, what my twelve, one of my twelve-year-old boys said, "Oh, believe me, I am." <laughs> <laughs> so funny! Oh my gosh! So, what would you recommend for people that are interested in getting into martial arts? Um, well, there's a lot of different martial arts. We were just talking about this. Mm-hmm. You know, there's Chinese and Japanese and uh, Korean and Brazilian, there's so many different styles. So um, go check it out. Like, um, see what you're interested in. Go visit some classes. And then um, it's a be clear on what kind of style. Like, do you want to, uh, like, have a super intensive workout? Or do you want to just get in shape? Or do you want to be focused on self-defense? And know what your goals are. And then, uh, so, like, in my school, I... I tell the older students, I don't want to break you. <laughs> and there's plenty of schools, you know, and exercise programs that do want to break you, right, you know. Right, and yeah. I had actually my uh, my kung fu master, he liked to take people who are really out of shape and uh, train them. And his goal was to make them barf. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's he would say, <laughs> yeah, he'd, he'd, I remember he took this eight-year-old boy. He says, okay, take this guy out in the back and PT him, meaning physical train him, yeah. until he throws up. He's like, really? He's like, yeah. And then he comes in. He's like, he threw up. And he's like, good. I'm oh like, oh, okay, that's sick. Yeah, that's not right. I remember <laughs> when I took ballet and we had Mr. Peterson had this big stick. And if our feet were not in the right position, he'd whack your, mm-hmm. your uh, yep. chin. So, yeah, I remember that kind of the same thing, huh? Yeah, I'm glad you don't do that. <laughs> no, I don't. I try not to make people. In fact, I have a rule. Do not barf in the studio. <laughs> yeah, because I did have a kid do that. Not because she was sick, not because I was right, right. pushing her too hard. But she threw up and I had to clean it up. So oh. now I tell kids, just run to the bathroom. Don't even raise your hand. No right, barfing right, right. in the studio. Right. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> you got to draw that line That's somewhere. Good. You know? That's good. So um, 
I'm interested on on the kids uh, when they how how young are the kids when they come in? Um, I like to not take anyone younger than seven. Okay. Because um, seven, <clears throat> same thing when I taught piano. At seven, they can focus better. Okay. Like brainwave patterns after actually shift uh-huh. when children become seven years old, they shift their brainwave patterns so that they can focus and they're kind of more all the way here instead of one foot in fairyland all the time. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, sometimes I'll take a sibling who's six or something, but they do. They're kind of spacey, and it's, you know, almost an hour and a half class. It's a lot to oh, focus. Oh, wow, that's a long class. Yeah, yeah, yeah almost an hour and a half. Um, but I've also seen kids come in, uh, like, with ADD, ADHD and stuff um, at a young age, and it really teaches them to focus. That's awesome. That's it's awesome. They have to pay one, attention. Oh, my goodness. Well, yeah, because they have to have discipline and focus. And we always start with a meditation in my class. Oh, wonderful. Which um, I've learned with, like, younger kids, uh, especially boys, I've found, um, they are restless, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's so I've had to reduce it down to simple as we're going to take, you know, five deep breaths together. Because I found more than that was kind of more than they could handle. And, right. and even then, I'm like, this is part of class. Keep your eyes closed. Keep your hands out. So, yeah, just teaching kids to be calm for five breaths. Wow, that's great. Yeah. So um, I wanted to ask you, when um, when the kids get started, I mean, how how hard is it for them to, to, um, to learn some of the techniques and stuff? How many, um, how many different types of kung fu do you teach, or do you just teach kung fu? Um, yeah, for kids, so I teach uh, mostly Pai Lum Kung Fu, which okay. is White Dragon. So our school is White Dragon Kung Fu Seattle. Um, that's the Pai Lum style, which came from southern Shaolin, China, through Okinawa, through Hawaii, through the Danny Pai family to mainland U.S. So it's okay. kind, of, kind of American style of Kung Fu. And then, um, but it's traditional based. And then also Hungar is part of our system. And then, <clears throat> excuse me, I pay, uh, we also teach uh, self-defense, which is based in uh, Krav Maga, but uh, really practical. So, like, I had some kids come in uh, to the door yesterday to show up, and I'm, they're like eight or something. I'm like, oh, hi, what are you here for? And they're like, oh, we want to train to get strong and to be able to fight bullies. Oh. And I was like, oh, okay, well, I would love to teach you, but your parents have to give permission, so here's my card. And this one kid, he looked like he was about ready to cry. Oh. So it was like clearly dealing with bully situation, yes. and it was like a movie, you know, where the kids are like, let's go learn Kung Fu, yeah, yeah. you know, so I said, but wait, wait, don't go away yet. Let me show you something. And my son was there at the time. And I'm like, let me tell you something. If a big person is trying to beat you up, here's what you do. Kick him in the leg. And then I demonstrate. See, like if you just kick someone in the shin, that hurts. Kick them in the side of the knee, they'll fall over. Kick them behind the knee, <laughs> they'll fall right on their face. So just remember, if someone's trying to beat you up, you know, you just put your arms out and say, back off. If that doesn't work, kick them in the leg, and then you run away. And they're like, okay, okay. I'm like, okay, I gave them one thing. <laughs> That's great. That's great. So are there different um, levels in Kung mm-hmm. Fu? Well, um, in traditional Kung Fu in China, they don't do belts. Okay. So you're either a, a novice or you're intermediate or you're advanced. Okay. And uh, so I've also trained in a Northern Shaolin style after I got my black sash. And uh, that they kind of disdain the belt thing, like, oh, this is an American thing, you know. 
Um, but some Kung Fu schools do, the belts, and definitely Taekwondo and uh, Karate. Um, so in our system, yeah, you come in. Uh, our system's a little different. You don't even get your white sash until you've tested. Mm-hmm. So in a lot of schools, they just give you a white belt when you come in. Mm-hmm. And in ours, to get a white sash, you have to be able to do horse stance, mm-hmm. uh, which is like a squat, but your legs are flat like a table, with a bow staff balanced on your legs for 30 seconds. Wow. Which is a lot. Yeah. Not everybody makes it to white sash. And then, you know, kicks and punches, and you learn um, uh, our salute, which is kind of complicated, and uh, a first form mm-hmm. and some basic combinations. But the bow stance on the on the um, on the horse stance is or the bow staff on the horse stance. That's kind of the <clears> hardest <throat> thing. And then t- to advance to each level, like to yellow sash, it's for sixty seconds. And then you know, I can't remember. But black sash, it was like an hour, something ridiculous. Now I saw you were teaching um, on. I was on uh, Facebook, and I saw you were teaching some online classes. Well, yeah, last year, like so many people, uh, I decided, okay, if I'm going to teach, I'm going to have to teach on Zoom. Right. And I was like, but Kung Fu on Zoom, that's ridiculous. That's stupid. (laughs) How can you do that? That's like, I was very opposed to it. I was like, no, I'm not going to do it. But I was teaching a weekly Qigong class, which is uh, kind of a foundation of Kung Fu, Mm -hmm. and it's synchronized breath with movement. And uh, I had um, three faithful students who really wanted to keep going. So I'm like, I could teach that on Zoom. We could do it. And then they just stuck with it. So we did that every every week. And it's like, well, this is the only way I'm going to make myself do it. And it's a very important practice. And yes. they get so much out of it. And uh, and that was with, you know, moderate conditioning. And so it helped them be in shape and get more flexible and strong. And uh, so I started with that, and then last fall we got finally back to the studio after teaching Kung Fu outside to the kids and for six weeks, and then we got shut down again in middle of November, remember, okay, right yeah. before Thanksgiving. It's like, ah, okay, I give up. I'm taking the rest of the year off, and if we're still can't go back in the studio, I'll teach Kung Fu online. <laughs> and so in January I just offered it up, and about half my students um, – took it that's awesome yeah and we did it and it worked you know we figured it out but it's funny with kids because um and all the teachers who've been teaching kids online all year get this like getting them to set up their camera so you can actually see them right you know a lot of times all i see is their head i'm like can you move your camera like uh and or like can you make sure i can at least see you and then i'm like okay everybody on the floor let's do push-ups i'm like are they really doing Doing. the (laughs) push-ups and it's finally like you know what this is better than nothing yeah yeah. And then the kids got that community. Mm-hmm. That's true, yeah. And they'd get online. Even after being on school all day online, I'm like, why would they want to get online again? They'd come and they just look drained of their life energy, mm. you know, just like, ugh, here I am again on the computer. And by the end, they're all happy and lively, and they, they'd come on and they go, oh, Sifu Kim, look at this new thing I got. And I'm like, you know what? We'll do show and tell at the end because <laughs> everyone wanted to tell me something or show me something. Right. Like, Let's stick around at the end, and then you can do it. And then they were so excited yeah. to show me their new stuffed animal or Nerf gun or whatever. Right. And then I had one kid, actually, who, through this process of sharing, came out to me as trans. Oh, wow. Yeah. He was like, or they were like, um, what you do for Valentine's Day, Sifu Kim? I'm like, what kid even says that? You know? And I'm like, oh, we ate chocolate. What'd you do? And, and they said, I got a new wig. And they showed oh, me wow. this wig, and it's like, and it's pink, my favorite color. And I'm like, wow, the, I have a pink wig, too. That's so cool. <laughs> That's you know? great. Yeah. That's great. 
Well, and Qigong now, Qigong is really uh, incredible, incredible. I remember when I took karate, I broke my foot because I kicked somebody incorrectly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> if I would have kicked her right, I probably would have broke her rig. But instead, I broke my foot. And then it, I couldn't get back into karate for a while because mm -hmm. I couldn't get back into the stands because I, uh, where I broke my foot. But Qigong was so powerful. Oh, my gosh. And you have those classes available now for people mm -hmm. online. So if people oh, want to. Oh, actually, I'm uh, doing them right now outside of the park. Okay. In my, uh, near my house in southeast Seattle. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, we started doing that in August. And then um, I got more and more students. And, and it just so happens most of them are over 60. That's wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful. And they are so, well, we're all so thrilled to be outside. Yeah. yeah. And, and I said, well, when the weather gets bad, we'll go on Zoom. And they're like, no, <laughs> we want to keep doing it outside. I'm like, even if it's raining, they're like, yes. <laughs> so I'm like, okay. And so I found a picnic shelter. I'm like, okay, if it rains too bad, we'll go up here. And they're like, yes, yes, we're going to. So we'll That's see. Great. That's but great. I might go back online. Yeah, it's such a powerful um, uh, class. I know. I, I miss that. I, I'll have to, because I, I, didn't you have one online recently? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've done yeah. I, about, once, about once a month oh, I do them online. Okay. So, yeah, if you my uh, website is dragonkungfuseattle.com, and I list those things on there. And if I go on Zoom, it'll be there. That's great. <clears throat> so um, you're listening to True Health with Kasara Deline on Lift Your Spirits Radio. Stay tuned, and we'll be right back with more from Sifu Kim. Is ADHD or dyslexia holding you or someone you love back? Do you struggle to organize, process information, concentrate, or even remember things? Or has a brain injury impacted your life? At A Bit Better Brain, we have a simple, fast, and natural solution. The brain integration technique clears the blocked pathways in your brain so you can live life unhindered. Visit abitbetterbrain.com to hear real stories of real transformation. That's abitbetterbrain.com. Lift your spirits with me, Dina Marie, on Whidbey Island. I'll be a tour guide for your spirit and a travel agent for your soul. Retreats include a healing session for your body, your mind, and your spirit. You receive a Reiki session plus a chakra reading, experience a labyrinth in the woods, take a walk on the beach, and enjoy downtown Langley with me. Retreats are customized for you or a group of friends. You can visit dina-marie.com to connect with me today. Island time is waiting for you. Are your medical expenses increasing, but your health is not improving? True Health offers unique services where Kasara empowers clients with intuition, education, and proven resources. Better choices can be made when information is available. Now's the time to visit TrueHealth.com, that's T-R-U-Health.com, and schedule your appointment to achieve your health goals. Your body will thank you. Don't miss out. Just two weeks left to pick fresh organic blueberries at Hazel Blue Acres in Sylvana. Exit 208 off I-5. It's a great activity for friends, family, and it's COVID safe. After mid-September, place an online order at hazelblueacres.com. Curbside pickup Tuesdays 2 to 6, Saturdays 9 to 2. Buy a famous Whidbey Island Wild Crow Organic Blueberry Pie, blueberries, hazelnuts, or wild-caught salmon. Visit hazelblueacres.com today and place your order. On the path to good health and well-being? 
Alternative Talk 1150 is the station for you. Thanks for joining us. This morning, you're listening to True Health with Kassara Deline on Lift Your Spirits Radio. And today, we're talking with Sifu Kim about finding power within yourself with martial arts. And historically, martial arts has been a male, quote-unquote, activity, but it's so empowering for women and children. So talk to me about what that's been like for you as a woman in the industry. Yeah, sure. Well, we're really fortunate here in the Seattle area that we have more martial arts schools that are headed by women than, I don't know, maybe in the whole country. That's amazing. Yeah, we're really lucky that way uh, in all different styles of martial arts. Um, and I was fortunate that my um, my kung fu master, uh, he said, in this school, the girls rule. So, oh, wow. Yeah, he was really empowering to us and uh, encouraging. And I think um, a lot of times, like, boys will get into it because they like to mess around and fight. Mm-hmm. And the girls come in, and a lot of times they're not quite sure why they're there, but uh, they really get into it. You know, and we don't just do fighting. We also do forms, which are choreographed mm-hmm. movements, um, series. And uh, I've seen girls come in who are, like, really shy and don't want to shout, like, eh, eh, uh, on their punches. Um, but they'll get into the form. Right. And they'll really focus on that and they'll get good at that. And then they feel confident. And then that grows into the like the fighting arts. Um, And then the other aspect is I also teach self-defense as part of the curriculum. And uh, I'm really passionate about uh, empowering women to defend themselves. Um, And the the style I teach, uh, I'm a member of the National Women's Martial Arts uh, Foundation, and they have a whole curriculum for uh, teaching women self-defense that I've trained in. And um, like Krav Maga is, is, uh, is an excellent system, but if you train in Krav Maga, it's the kind of thing where you train for years and mm-hmm. you get better and better, and that's great. And But what I want to do is work with women who maybe they don't want to train in martial arts, but they just want to know what do I do if right. someone tries to grab my purse or right. yank me into a car. <laughs> and so, yeah, yeah. so I'm just like, okay, Every woman needs to know what yes. to do if someone walks up behind you and gives you the creeps yeah, or threatens you or says nasty things to you. What do you do? Yeah, I was really lucky when I took karate. I took it from a couple of different dojos and one time nobody else showed up. So it was just me and the teacher. And he spent the whole time just teaching me direct self-defense. And it was phenomenal. And he was a big guy. He was probably six four. So he was teaching me how to, you know, handle myself with someone that was that big, mm-hmm. you know. So it was very beneficial. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, didn't have to use it, fortunately, but I know it's there, so I can if I have to. Well, and that's the thing is if by um, having the confidence to know yeah. what do I do if some guy comes up to me and, you know, is threatening or trying to hurt me, if you know what to do, then you exude that confidence. And here's the thing is that uh, predators... Anybody who would attack a woman is um, looking for an easy target. Yes. They're bullies, right? right? Bullies only pick on people they think are not going to whoop them. Right. And so if someone is, the first thing we teach is just to have that confident manner. And so um, I have the women like walk looking down and feeling, um, you know, sad or depressed or are unconfident. And then I have them walk around feeling confident and powerful 
And the difference in the posture is like upright and looking around and shoulders back. And it's a don't mess with me attitude. And so like right there, okay, you're probably not going to get picked on. Right. And then if, you know, if somebody comes up and starts being like, hey, baby, just turn around and look at them and go back off. And then it's just like, oh, I didn't mean it. You know, (laughs) it's probably what's going to happen. And so just kind of from like if that's all that every woman knew. That would be better for us all. Yeah, yeah. And then if it comes down to, okay, what if they try to grab your arm and drag you into a car, then we learn the techniques. So how many um, women do you have in your class versus uh, men? Oh, let's see. Uh, For the Kung Fu class, I think we're about, we might be half and half right now. Oh, really? That's great. Sometimes I have more more boys. Like I said, boys like to, they're like, ooh, I'm going to Kung Fu fight. Right, right, right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's great. So what's the best thing about teaching Kung Fu? Oh, let's see. Um, Well, I say it's leadership development school and uh, where you learn to do your very best with what you've got that day. And so that's pretty much the foundation there. So for kids, sometimes they show up and they're, you know, kids are always like, oh, this is my owie. Oh, this hurts. That hurts, you know. And I'll just um, say, well, okay, so your ankle hurts today, so work on really having great hands. You're really going to focus on your hands today, okay? Tight fist at your side, right. you know, or um, your focus. Okay, then work with your focus. And I'll tell them, look, I was doing kung fu for years with a bad hip. Right. You know, and it was just like, okay, I can't do the jump, so what can I do? Or I can't squat so low, so what can I do? And then I just worked on that. Right. So, um and then with my older students, I'll have students, um, like my Qigong class right now is mostly women over 60. And um, I had this one woman who, after one week, we just worked on her horse stance, and she was asking me after class, and I gave her some pointers. She came back the next week, and she was just aglow. She said, what you showed me on horse stance was amazing because now I can garden without pain after just one week that's amazing i said wow that's after one week and now you're just going to get better and better so that's a thrill to work with students who are older a lot of times you know people get older and they're like you know like i told you i had bad knees i'm like well i guess you can't run you know and then it's like well maybe i can run if i just do it different you know like gentler and so i really love the challenge of working with people who have limitations to maximize whatever they've got right one of the things I, I um, that's kind of along the same line, I do the Tibetan rites. This was before mm-hmm. I even, I knew about them a long, long time ago. <laughs> and because um, I'd read the book, The Fountain of Youth, and I've mentioned it on the show before. And when I started that, you, you know, you're supposed to do 21 of each of those exercises. Oh, yeah. And there was no way I could Mm-mm. do 21 of those exercises. And now I do 21 every day of all of them, and it's no big deal. But I just started doing three of each. And I would, even the first one, you spin and I would always be right next to my bed in case I fell over, you know, because <laughs> um, that has to do with your polarity and, and keeping you balanced. And obviously, I was way out of balance at that time. <laughs> but, yeah, just taking those simple steps. That's really great that you do that. You know, my, my mom's, um, I think she's 70, 79 now, and um, she went to a yoga class once, and they, they kicked her out. They said that she was, um, you know, not able to do the exercises. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. Oh I couldn't God. believe that. And I just think it's so wonderful that you work with people and you find where they're at and you meet with them 
and go, okay, what can they do? Yeah. And let's focus on that because that empowers people. And then as they do these little baby steps, then they can get to where they want to be. Yeah, because I'm not trying to, you know, crank out gold medalists. <laughs> I mean, I'm happy if a student gets a gold medal. Right, That's right, really right. exciting. But I'm just like, how do you get to be the person you want to be? So um, that brings up, I've actually taught um, Kung Fu in a chair. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah, because um, I teach um, about once a month, I teach Kung Fu to special needs kids through Friendship Circle of Washington. Yeah, and we did that on Zoom last year, Uh and it actually worked really surprisingly well. And um, one class, I realized that uh, most of the kids, and there'd be like, you know, 20, 30 kids, uh, most of them were sitting down. And some of them have their pair with them, and some of them are like, oh, good, the kid's going to be busy for half an hour. I can go do something, right. right? And I'm like, okay, everybody, let's get on our feet and do this. And they're just sitting there like, nope, I'm sitting. So I'm like, hmm, most of the kids are sitting. Some of them can't stand. Right. So maybe next time I'll teach the whole class sitting and see how that goes. And so I had to think through, like, everything I do, you know, like kicking and stances. It's like, how do you do that in a chair? So I just love those kinds of puzzles. So I thought it through and I practiced out. I'm like, okay. So we did the whole class sitting in the chair. And afterwards, the teacher said, that was phenomenal. Thank you. And I'm like, wow. You can do kung fu sitting in a chair. This is so cool. <laughs> That's awesome. The kids probably loved it. Mm-hmm. So, talk to us about your training because you said you went to you went to China. I did. So, um, so I trained with Master Lunnan. He's the founder of our school. Um, he's now in Israel. Oh wow! Yeah, teaching there. Um, let's see. So I was 44. So I was about six years training with him exclusively until I got my black belt when I was 50. And uh, I always tell people it's never too late. That's right. That's yeah. so awesome. Yeah. Uh, that was like a three-day test. It was, you know, quite vigorous, we'll say. And then um, he he went to Israel after uh, three years, and I took over the school. And then I was free to finally train with someone else. And so oh. I started training with Jun Hong Chan of Jun Hong Chan Kung Fu Club. And he is traditional northern Shaolin style. So it's very different and much more acrobatic, so more of a wushu style, mm-hmm. um, which is very difficult for me. And so I started training that, and I'm training like with little kids, you know, and uh, just going from scratch. And he said, you know, Kim Shifu, that is um, so unusual for a master to be willing to learn a new sky- style and be a beginner. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know, his depth is so deep, and he'd trained in China. Well, after two years... I went on a trip with him to China and trained at a temple in China, in Dongfang, the home of the Shaolin Temple. It was a Shaolin Disciple Temple and uh, for a week. And, uh, yeah, I worked really hard to get ready for that. And it was with, uh, it was mostly boys, and it's a boarding school, basically, in this ancient temple. Oh, wow. That and must have been so cool. Yeah. And so I got to stay there, and I was staying there with uh, two families who came from uh, Jun Hong Chang's school. And uh, it was about six hours a day, and wow. it was all outside. It was hot and muggy and very polluted. We'd mm. be outside training, and these little ashes of gar- burning garbage would float down upon us. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, and it was, yeah, it was super vigorous. So we'd do things like they had this big, long stairway of 100 steps, and um, I didn't know what was going on most of the time because it was all in Chinese, right. which I barely speak, you know. And so uh, it's like, oh, yeah, we're going to do something different today. I'm like, what? And it was uh, Shaolin Crawls, 
which is you run up or hop up the stairs and then crawl down face first. Oh my god! And we did that for an hour. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and then it, and then I found out there's a, a a lot of people from France would come and train in sanda, which is boxing. And there's this woman who had a big uh, bandage on her chin. I found out, oh, the oh. first day that they did shell and crawls, she had to go to the hospital and get stitches. Oh, wow. Yeah. So you saw her afterwards, though. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. I didn't know that story before I was doing the shell and crawls on the stone steps <laughs> with the kids. Yeah. That's funny. So what advice do you have for people that, are, uh, that have a bully that they have to deal with? You've talked about it with the children. Mm-hmm. But adults can't really do that. I mean, can they? <laughs> Well, yeah, well, when it's uh, someone who's, uh, like, intimidating you or trying to make you feel small and have power over you, then uh, that kind of shifts more into the um, the meditational work, the, oh, the training okay. and power. Um, and I got into that uh, because I was always a very an empathetic person, very sensitive to how other people felt, and I would take on their emotions. Mm-hmm. And... Um, so I was constantly worried about how people thought about me. Did I offend them? Because if someone was angry with me, it was very painful. And finally, I worked at this marketing firm uh, where um, everybody there got sick after they started working. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And it was re- like these young, vibrant people would come in, and within a month, they were just, like had migraines, or they were like, oh, I have to go see a doctor. My stomach hurts all the time. It's like, wow, what's going on? Well, the um, the the head marketing person there, she um, was um, attacked people energetically. Oh, wow. Yeah, and I didn't believe that. I was like, oh, no, everyone's basically good and filled with love. If you just <laughs> love them enough, they will be good. <laughs> I was kind of naive that way, and uh, that's what I wanted to believe. But then finally one day um, she sat me down, and she accused me of holding a secret meeting to turn everyone against her, which anyone who knows me knows that's not how I operate, right? right? right. And I'm like, no, I didn't do that. And she's like, yes, you did. And all of a sudden, I felt this whoomp, like I'd been hit in the chest. Wow. And I was like, whoa, wow, I really felt that. And the next morning, I came down with extreme bronchitis. Oh, wow. And I was like, okay, I cannot deny that happened to me. Because right. you don't, you just don't get bronchitis overnight, you know, just like yeah. worst case I'd ever had. So I'm like, okay, I need to learn how to shield myself from that. Because she's a bully and she was a very powerful bully. Right, right. So I became. And a different type of bully. Yeah. It was kind of insidious because she seemed very nice. Yes. Yeah. But then she'd kind of slip in on wherever you were vulnerable. Yeah. Yeah. So, um. So from that, I became, I went on a mission. I need to learn to protect myself from other people's negative energy. And uh, and that's where I found training in power. And um, I was sitting next to someone at a workshop, and they were telling me about it. I'm like, oh, what do you do? And she's like, well, you learn techniques for grounding and shielding yourself from negative energy. I'm like, sign me up. That's exactly <laughs> what I need. <laughs> so um, so that's when I teach that class. You learn that in class one. So when do, when was this? Oh, gosh, that was about uh, let's see, 17 years ago. Oh, my gosh. So it's been a long time. Yeah. Great. And there's different levels in the training, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I teach level one, level two, and the children's meditation course. Right. Yeah. Right. And for the children, we teach them how to shield themselves from negativity as well and 
how negativity is like an arrow that can pierce your bubble and get in on you. Because, you know, kids a lot of times, like, what if your friend is mean to you? Yeah. You know, like, we've all had that experience. Oh, You've yeah. got a friend and then some other person's talking mean and they gang up and you're just like, what just happened? I thought they loved me. I know my son took the children's course uh, many years ago. And so I always remind him to keep his bubble on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, yeah, I remember, Mom. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I had a kid come in who was really dejected and. Uh, He'd get teased at school, and he just felt really bad about himself. And by class four, it's a four-class series, he was just ecstatic and delightful and bubbly and fun and found, oh, kids aren't laughing at me. They're laughing because I'm funny, and I want that to happen. I like being funny, you know, just a complete turnaround. Quite a different shift in perspective. Yeah. So do you teach the classes at your studio? Um, I teach them at my home in the Seward Park neighborhood in southeast Seattle right now. Um, But there's lots of classes being taught online. So some in person, some online. Currently, Mm -hmm. I'm just teaching in person. Okay. Oh, I did want to bring up something. You were asking about training in China. I did that one week in uh, 2017 and then two years later in 2019. So I'd been training in the northern Shaolin style for three or four years at that time. Um, We did another trip to China to... um, the world championship, the world kung fu oh, championship. Oh yeah, that's right. I remember you competing in that. How yeah. did you do? So I got a bronze medal. That's awesome. And this was in uh, for forms. It was uh-huh. all forms. And uh, yeah, it was very exciting to because as when I was growing up, I never thought of myself as an athlete. Right. Like I like rode my bike. You know, <laughs> I played. You weren't in sports or anything. No, my parents kind of discouraged that because <laughs> oh, really? they, yeah, oh they gosh. were anti sports. Oh, it was wow. an anti intellectual activity, so they discouraged. <laughs> So, so for me to be at like the World Kung Fu Championship and competing, you know, with wow. the best in the world, it was just amazing to be there. And then again, at my age, I on the bus uh, from the airport, uh, a parent of one of the competitors said, um, "Oh, you're competing?" I said, "Yeah." And she's like, "Oh, in Tai Chi?" I'm like, "No, Shaolin Chen." She's like, "Wow, you know, like at your age, you." Yeah. And I'm like, "Yeah, I had to do it." And this is before my hip surgery, so I was actually in a lot of pain. Wow. And uh, I was just like, okay, I got to go for this chance. It might be my last chance. And I'm just going to, so I did a lot of physical therapy, took a lot of ibuprofen. And uh, and what like when we were there, my hip hurt so bad that we had these tall bleachers. We had to climb up to sit. And I was like, oh, dang it. How am I going to do that? This really hurts. <laughs> and my husband's offering my me his arm. arm. You know, he's such a gentleman. I'm like, not here, not here. <laughs> Trying to hold it together, man. Don't want to look weak. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. So does your husband do martial arts too? Yeah. He does. Uh, he's been doing Qigong. He's, he trained with me with uh, Jun Hong Chan in Qigong. So he's been doing it about four years now. And he's at my every class. And he's been my Zoom producer. So when oh, wow. I started teaching uh, Kung Fu online, he was started doing Kung Fu with me. So, yeah. That's funny. That's funny. So after, we're going to take a little break here, and after that, we'll, we'll be talking more with Sifu Krim and talk about these amazing upcoming classes that she's teaching. You're listening to True Health with Kassara Delina and Lift Your Spirits Radio. I love the way it flows, I love the way it grows, there's something in this sound that takes me far, it's like a special song. Our Energy Matters Tip of the Week with Dina Marie. Your intuition. Use it 
or lose it. A good way to get your intuition and have it super strong is to set your intentions every morning for how you would like your day to go. Then you want to find time during the day to quiet your mind. So you could basically meditate, take a walk. I do breathing. I'll breathe um, for about 15 minutes and I won't think. And that's when I get that small, still voice. It gives me direction. I get insight on my life and where I'm supposed to be going. If you don't know what to do, do nothing. But wait until you get a sign from the universe. I call it a wink. And then act on it. But the more you have that small, still voice talk to you and the more you use it, the stronger it gets. And like I said, if I don't get that small, still voice, I won't do anything. And I'll be waiting for that light to shine. And then I move forward. Our Energy Matters Tip of the Week with Dina Marie. Do you feel stressed, exhausted, or burned out? Would you like to identify your unique warning signs and know what to do? Are you ready to learn how to calm your system and increase your energy so you are healthier, happier, and more productive? Learn from an expert. I transform my life from burnout to bliss, and you can too. Go to MarlaWilliams.net, click on Learn, and sign up for my Burnout Prevention Formula course and move from burnout to bliss in just six weeks or less. Tune in every third Friday on Lift Your Spirits Radio at 8 a.m. for the Sustainability Sessions with host Rebecca Sayer. Learn from and be inspired by local leaders, thinkers, and problem solvers who are tackling the sustainable living questions through invention, collaboration, and hard work. This lively and thought-provoking show focuses on tangible, practical measures that we can all take to reduce our carbon footprint and rethink how we relate to the resources of our natural world. Don't forget, that's the Sustainability Sessions with host Rebecca Sayer, every third Friday on Lift Your Spirits Radio at 8 a.m. Lift your spirits with us every Friday at 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. on 1150 a.m. KKNW Seattle. We will be introducing you to fascinating people, fun places to visit, and activities are guaranteed to lift your spirits. Miss a show? No worries, you can visit 1150kknw.com and click on our archive page or like Lift Your Spirits with Dina Marie on Facebook for upcoming guests and events. To contact me, Dina Marie, visit dina-marie.com. Thank you so much for listening. Bringing good vibes to the Puget Sound and the world. Alternative Talk 1150. She told me out of baseline and everything will be all right. She told me that the groove is mine. That's my wonderful son, Dean, again. <laughs> so welcome back. You're listening to True Health by Kassara on Lift Your Spirits Radio. And my guest is Sifu Kim. And we're here discussing martial arts, empowering people, and some amazing upcoming classes that you're teaching. So you've got, you got, you're really busy in October. I, yes, I am. Back to school. Yeah. Um, yeah. So tell the listeners about the classes that you're teaching. Sure. Well, for Kung Fu, I teach uh, Kung Fu All Ages Tuesday and Thursday evenings in Seattle in the Central District. And I'm teaching Qigong on Thursday mornings. I'm thinking about adding an adult Kung Fu morning class if there's enough interest. And then um, I've got my meditation classes coming up, so that's very exciting. Um, I'm teaching the adult class. is uh, It's called Level 1. And this is four Monday evenings, October 4th through uh, October 25th, and that's in person in South Seattle. And that's uh, trainingempower.com has a list of all the courses. And again, this is my class, but there's also online classes if you're interested. And then, <clears throat> excuse me, the children's meditation course, I'm teaching that on Sunday afternoons, and that's October 10th through 31st. So again, four classes in South Seattle. 
Great. And then what are some of the benefits of the classes? Well, for um, so for level one, I've had students come in who um, who have gone from feeling kind of uh, just like dissatisfied with life and feeling kind of scattered and just um, like, oh, I just wish I could get it together, you know, um, to um, just feeling a great sense of relief. Like, oh, I feel so much better, so much clearer. And um, and also getting to a place of really being able to love and accept themselves. Mm-hmm. And I think um, there's such a relentless um, way that we pick on ourselves. You know, so kind of any uh, negative message you got as a child, uh, we take over when we grow up. And so if someone's like, oh, you're fat or you're stupid, then that little voice gets embedded in your head. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a way to really start clearing out any of those negative self-talks or or um, blocks that keep you from your your birthright to be absolutely connected with divine holiness. Yeah. Yeah. I teach level one also. And uh, I just had a class a few months back in the the people were so funny at the end of the class. They were like, this class is magical. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's a great way to describe it. Yay. <laughs> so they were all excited because they go, well, what you taught us was magic. And I'm like, that's fantastic that they think that, you know, mm-hmm. they can use that in their lives. Oh. And who can attend the classes? So the um, level one classes are for adults. So um, I have taught teens as young as 16 with a, a parent's permission and otherwise um, all the way up through all the ages. My oldest student was in his 80s. Oh, wow. And, um, yeah, it was it was profound for him. It uh, uh, He was someone who had grown up in Germany. And when he came, I had someone auditing the class who spoke German, and she spoke a German greeting to him, and he would not respond in German. And... Um, by the end of the class, it was kind of like he cut himself off from that aspect of himself. And by the end of the class, he had written me a report in which he quoted uh, poetry in German. Oh, my God. So it was like he got back in touch that's and was able to love all aspects of himself. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. That's cool. And then for the children, how old did the children have to be for the child? Um, that would be seven and up. Seven so um, like right now, this class I'm doing in the fall so far, it's mostly 10 to 14-year-olds. Okay. Um, and then in the spring, I'm going to teach a class geared more towards younger kids, so like four oh. to seven range. Because uh, they can take the class together, but it's kind of more fun. And the class is taught in a way where um, it's two hours, and I put out things to color. I put out Legos. The kids can bring other things. You know, I had kid folding paper airplanes, throwing them at his dad during class. Mm-hmm. Um, so that they can um, kind of have something to occupy their hands and stuff while they're listening. And I share stories. I have some books I read and, you know, some diagrams and things. So it's fun. And then, you know, we have a play break in the middle. Yeah, that's great. I, I remember when I um, when I got my master's in psychology, we they always had crayons and yarn and people brought in knitting and, and drawings and all kinds of stuff. And they were really pushing the fact that, that we learn better when we're keeping busy doing other things. So that's yeah. great that you're incorporating that in your classes. So um, uh, when is the child's class? I don't know if you mentioned that. Oh, yeah. Children's course is Sundays in October, October 10th through 31st from 1 to 3. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah. And then, so just the, the level one and the children's. I thought you mm -hmm. had another one. I too. teach level two as well. Oh, you teach yeah, level two? for graduates of level two. Oh, okay, great. And do you have a level two class coming up as mm -hmm. well? I do, at the end of October. At the end of October. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. Yeah, you're busy. My goodness. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of classes. <laughs> yeah, that's fun. <laughs> Those classes take a lot to teach, too, I know. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know they're a lot of fun, and mm -hmm. you get a lot from it, but um, from your students and, and whatnot. But, um, but that's a lot. That's a lot. And plus, yeah. you're teaching... Kung Fu as well. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, that's all I do now. I used to, you know, be a fundraiser. And before that, I was a marketer. Uh -huh. And then when my uh, Kung Fu master was moving to uh, Israel, making Aliyah, he said to me, okay, I'm moving on. It's time for you to take over the school. I'm like, oh, I can't do that. I have a job. I'm a fundraiser. And he's like, <laughs> yep, it's time for you. I'm like, oh, I don't think so. And then he kept saying it to me. And finally, I'm like, you know, my kids are about to graduate from high school. I've been at this job for six years. Why not? I mean, obviously the universe is saying, like pointing a big arrow saying, yeah. look at this once in a lifetime opportunity for you to take over a Kung Fu school. I know you never thought you were going to do that, but this is what we have in store for you. So I'm like, okay, okay, okay. I'll try it for a year. I'll give it my best shot and then I'll reevaluate. So. Well, it's not like you didn't have the training for it or anything either, right? So yeah, it's just... Everything's set up. I just felt like such a beginner, you know, because a lot of people, like my master, he'd been training since the 70s, you know, wow. and Jun Hong Chan, he's, he'd been training since he was a teenager. I've been training since I was 44. <laughs> right, right. But you're a quick study. Yeah, I am a quick study. Yeah. <laughs> you're a woman, what can we That's say? Right. <laughs> Give it my power, arm. power. So is there anything else you'd like to share with us? Well, I guess I'll uh, just throw in something completely different is because uh, I, I brought up earlier, I had a student come out to me as trans during yeah. during our uh, training on Zoom. And um, I was able to, I reached out to their parents and said, I have a son who's trans. So mm -hmm. if you ever need any support in that regard or anything, just let me know. And um, so my my son, who was a black belt before I was. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, he got his black belt when he was 13. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. And he comes and helps me sometimes, uh -huh. which is really oh, teach fun. teach classes? Yeah. Oh, that's neat. Yeah, we do those together. Um, and uh, when he was do freshman in, in college is when uh, he realized, oh, I, you know, was brought up female, but I'm actually a dude. Mm -hmm. And... Um, so that was uh, a really a spiritual journey for me because I had to learn to find some detachment from my son's journey mm -hmm. because it's like, wait a minute, I raised twin girls, I thought, mm -hmm. uh, to be empowered to be whatever they are, you mm -hmm. know, to be themselves, to be fully themselves. And I never realized that could include being a man. Mm -hmm. I, didn't, I didn't know that was a possibility. And so I had to really adjust my perspective and be open to, okay, I need to support my kid being who they really are, even if I don't understand it. And <laughs> this became very um, explicit to me. One day we were out together, and I was like, I just don't understand. I just don't understand. And he said, Mom, you don't have to understand me. You just have to support me. And so I just shut up for six months. I'm just like, I'm got to stop. I got to do my own work. Yeah. And so I did some counseling for myself and just like, I, uh, I got to realize this is not about me. Mm -hmm. This is about my kid. And so um, I'm just putting that out there because it was such a huge, uh, painful thing for me to not feel like, 
oh, I'm being rejected as a mother. I'm being rejected as a woman, mm-hmm. you know, uh, whatever. It well, was like, all that programming that we get when we're growing up, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you had to like reevaluate all of that, oh, right? Oh my gosh, gender binary. Yeah. It's just like gender binary, you're male or female. Like what's the first thing anyone asks when you say, I, I'm going to have a baby? Yeah, is, is it, it a boy, boy or, or a girl? girl? <laughs> right? Yeah. And now they have gender reveal parties. I know. I look crazy. at those and I'm like, yeah. what do they know? <laughs> <laughs> I know when, when I was pregnant with Dean, I didn't want to know. Mm-hmm. I felt like I knew. We had its name picked out months ahead of time. We didn't even have a girl name picked out until the day before. That's how much I knew it was a boy. But I was like, you know, we didn't, we didn't, have any tests done or anything on that and uh and then you know fortunately <laughs> we have the right name <laughs> but uh yeah it's amazing well and, and what we're learning through this what these kids are really paving the way as pioneers for us to understand what if gender was not a binary yeah. what if you're not just 100 percent male or 100 percent female and actually um we did this training with training empower leadership development for for all of the teachers where uh, on Zoom, where they put up a, a line and said, okay, if, if on the left is 100% male and on the right is 100% female, everybody put where you are on this spectrum. spectrum. Yeah. And we did. In I remember all, that. Yeah. Yeah. We were all over the place. There were yeah. people smack in the middle or, you know, 60% this way or that way. Nobody was 100%. Yeah. It was just like, wow, imagine what a freedom of expression we'd have if we were all free to be. Who, who we, we are. really are without being slotted into a peg of that was so binary. Yeah, because that affects everything about the person. It affects their job. It affects their breathing. It affects everything that they are. Yeah. And to not allow yourself to be who you are is, you know, a horrible thing. I oh, think. no, it's absolute torture. And yeah. that's why I love these um, meditation classes because that's what it's all about is um, – is becoming who you really are. Uncovering that. Yeah. And then being able to express that in the world and going out with armed and strong and powerful to to experience that, mm-hmm. which is a completely different thing. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know what I do without the training. It's uh, really helped me a lot as well. Yeah. So, great. Well, thank you for sharing that. I think that's really important. How, um, you have another daughter then. Yes, um, Irene is also a musician. Oh, okay. Yeah, and uh, my kids are 23, and she's cut three CDs already. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's and awesome. performs a lot. She uh, writes all her own music, and she plays guitar and different string instruments. Yeah, it's really, really inspiring to um, to see my kids become so much more than I ever imagined, you know? Yeah, I know. It's like they don't have the limitations on things. I mean, I really tried not to put those on my son, you know, to mm-hmm. let him explore and figure out who he was and try so many different things okay now he doesn't like that okay he doesn't like that <laughs> and then somebody gave us a piano and that was it I, I you know I had to pull him off of it at night you know, oh that's to funny get him to go to bed <laughs> and, uh, and and when he's older when he was at my house I mean he'd play till the middle of the night you know wow. and it's like so you know which is great but he's very passionate about that so. well Irene started with piano and it was torturous like <laughs> She's like, how can that be a C if it's a half note? And, and I was like, are you kidding? Because I was a piano teacher. I'm like, oh, okay. oh, my kid's a dunce, you know. And after a year of that, she was very frustrated. She's like, I just want to play songs and play an instrument. And I'm like, well, I think guitar would be your instrument. And it was. So thank you so much, Sifu Kim, for joining us today. And please remind the listeners how they can get a hold of you. Sure. Go to my website, dragonkungfuseattle.com. 
And you're listening to True Health by Kassara on Lift Your Spirits Radio. This is Kassara Deline, and you can reach me at truehealth.com. That's T-R-U-Health.com. Thank you so much for joining us this month, and we hope to see you again next month. And I'm going to leave you with more music from my son, musician Dean Foster. Oh.